Zach Britton's going to join us in a sec. Adam, would you like to prepare us with anything we need to know about him? Uh, he's got little hands. So little. Didn't that help him, though? With Yeah, yeah, because it didn't stand his fingers long enough, so it just the aerodynamicness or whatever you have, it just made the ball die. Yeah, he had real little hands. Smaller than Kirk Sarlus because we talked about Kirk Sarlus mm-hmm. I think yesterday. I mean, he's got a little tiny. I don't know. I mean, Sarlus was a taller guy. I mean, Zach's No, not. he's lived. Sarlus is short. Okay, I don't know. I, don't, I never. I don't know. Him. Yeah, he was before but your I mean, time. He was, a, he was an A's guy. He had big sinker. Just shorter. I get it. I mean, but I mean, Zach's got really small fingers, so it's kind of weird. So you can't weird. teach that. Well, why don't why don't you introduce no, you can your boy? Him. Introduce your boy, Adam. He's he's ready for us. All right. Go ahead. Give us the intro. Oh, he's so high. Now joining us here. I see you. Now joining us on foul territory. My ex-teammate, Zach Britton, a newly retired Major League player of, of 12 Major League, 13 Major League seasons. How are you doing, Mr. Britton? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, dude. Oh, Good to see so, you. So, so stoic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's Good to that. be seen. Yeah. Well, Zach, how you doing, man? How's retired life? Do you feel um, like you can kind of take a deep breath because you had a lot of ninth inning moments in your life? Uh, it's been good so far. Uh, my kids are crazy. They're busy. So, no, I feel like I'm doing more now than I was when I was playing. At least I had an excuse to kind of get out of the house, go throw, throw a bullpen or something. Is it weird not going to spring training in like a week? It's got to be weird because I remember my first spring – off you're like man i got i'm leaving next week and i'm ready and then you look down at your watch and you're like man it's february 6th normally i'm leaving about valentine's day and now i i don't have to do that isn't it? it's a little bit strange the first year right yeah it definitely feels weird i still keep in, in touch with a lot of guys and they're all getting ready to go um but you know i was ready to be done i, I don't necessarily miss uh having to go through the grind of it but there is moments where you're like man my body feels like we should be getting out of the house um and going somewhere so I, I do miss the you know the travel aspect and getting around the guys but um not missing playing right now you don't you're like is it physical was it a physical thing because you said you want to be home with the kids and i don't know that maybe the wife maybe doesn't necessarily want you home could you have done it another year you're not that old you're not you're not like 40 years old could you have done it for two more years yeah, you know, after my Yankee contract was over, I thought about playing for another year or two. Um, you know, I had the two elbow surgeries um, my last year with the Yankees, which, you know, didn't help. Um, and I threw for teams. I had offers and nothing just I felt like was worth it. Um, I felt like teams were really devaluing me. And I knew if I was healthy and put in all the work, I was going to perform really well. And just the offers just none of them piqued my interest to leave home at that stage, you know, coming off of, you know, some good salaries with the Orioles and the Yankees. It just, it just didn't seem worth, you know, my time and, and physically, you know, after the two surgeries, um, obviously that, that takes a grind on you. Um, I was lucky to be healthy for the most part of my career, but at the, at the end there, you know, the arm just had a lot of wear and tear on it from, you know, a bunch of appearances over the course of my career, but just the, the money. Honestly, the money wasn't worth it for me to, to leave home at this stage. What 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 is that what does that mean devaluing you? What do you mean? Like did they say, hey, you know, we see this in your in your numbers, or did you just get, you know, the contract was was way less than you thought it should be? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think teams were, you know, a little wary of me being injured and rightfully so. I wasn't gonna make what I made with the Yankees. Um, 
I basically was telling teams I'll take like a 50% discount and go play and like rebuild my value. And then, <laughs> you know, teams, they'll even offer you, you know, less. And I saw some guys getting signed that didn't have my track record uh, and they were getting, you know, pretty good money and my offers weren't close to that. And so I just, I, I'm like, Hey, I've been around the game a long time. Obviously this is how they're valuing me. I have, I value myself higher. Uh, I have four kids at home. I, I, I'm ready to be home. You know, I'm not going to make the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm not pitching for that. Um, I would have loved to have gotten a World Series. But it just, yeah, the contract and uh, what I felt like I was going to have to do to, to pitch at a high level, I just didn't think it was worth it. And, and that was okay, you know, so I'm excited to be home with my family. Zach, can you go like this for me? Oh, yeah. Can you, can, heard, you please, can you tell Adam Jones to fuck off now as you have your hand raised? Yeah, it was close to the camera. Extremely long. I got like a randomly long middle finger. But hey, I don't want to roast Garrett Cole, but mine aren't that much different than Garrett Cole's, right? He's getting like 400 million bucks. So, so is that the secret? Because, I mean, that can help for hitters too. The, the small arms is big for hitters, right? Or short arms. Yeah. Short right? arms. I mean, short arms. Well, my middle finger is just so much longer than my index finger. And I think. Wait, hold sinker, it up again? Can we see this? What are we doing right middle now? Middle finger? Well, you just wanted to see oh, how much longer go. it was. Oh. I mean, it, you know, it's got some length bad. on it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not abnormal. Know. You know, it's not, uh, you know, I, I wasn't blessed with, you know, these gigantic hands. But um, I think it's just the length of the middle finger. It's a conversation that we had. And I laugh because, you know, there's been some pictures that are like, hey, I heard, you know, like, this is how you throw the sinker. And then I put my hand up to it. And I'm like, dude, we have the same side hand. Like, so it's not the crazy. Adam likes to make fun. I think he signed a bat for me one time. That's mentioned how small my hands are. And I, like I, like I was going to hang it up. Cause like, Oh, it's cool. I'll hang up an Adam Jones bat. And like, I don't even know where it is anymore. I think I put it in the closet. <laughs> yeah. But you got to embrace it though. Cause I mean, if my fingers were, you know, the size of this freaking bobblehead, but I could throw like Zach Britton, I would take it. I don't care, dude. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I did. It I, throw I embraced your it. I embraced yeah. it. I think it's, it's all I've had, I mean, especially with like in, analytics coming into play. I remember the Yankees uh, when I was going through my Tommy John rehab, but went down this rabbit hole of like, Hey, let's video your grip and like try to get other people to throw your sinker. And I'm like, Hey guys, like, it's all just like me. It has nothing to do with how I grip the ball necessarily. That that grip that I had just kind of unlocked it. But it's all like genetics, arm path, and like yeah, size of your hands, like your stride length. I mean, we're, we're gonna try to like, you know, they literally were like, I think we can get guys to to throw this exact sinker, and I was like, good luck. I mean, like, because I didn't just like make something up one day. It just who it is who I am. Yeah, that was a nasty pitch. You think we're we're kind of tying in the whole Orioles thing here? Do you think a sinker baller in today's day and age can be an elite closer? Like, I mean, I'm not saying like you. You had a, one of the greatest three year runs of all time, and that pitch was it was a pitch. It would you, nobody nobody could do anything with it except for the time that I broke your hand on a line drive. But that's that's, right. that's not that's not here. That's not here nor there. We'll talk about that later. Can <laughs> Cano? Can you near Cano? step up and be a elite closer because he doesn't have those high strikeout rates. Like everyone sees the closers. Yeah. I think it's, it's based on your team, right? If you have a good defense, then absolutely. 
um, you would prefer to have a guy that can strike out uh, hitters when he needs to in a high situation, uh, high pressure situation. That was one thing I was actually pretty good at. You know, a guy on third, you know, less than two outs, I could find a strikeout. It wasn't my strength, but I knew when, hey, like I just got to go for it. And if I walk the guy, I'd rather walk the guy than let him put the ball in play. So I, I think, you know, for Cano, I, I really liked watching him pitch. I would have uh, actually loved to seen them kind of run with him out of the gate to see how he handled it. Because you just don't know until you give a guy kind of a longer leash at it. He's got really good stuff. Uh, but I think if you have a good defense, you know, a sinker ball closer, even if he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, um, I think is is fine. You know, Clay Holmes has really stepped in and done a great job with the Yankees. Um, that's a high sinker ball guy who, who gets enough strikeouts. Hey, Zach, you mentioned the Yanks analytics staff. Like, hey, can we just you know mimic your sinker grip and have everybody do it? How did you feel like the Yankees analytics staff and communication flow was compared to what you experienced in Baltimore? And I'm sure you heard towards the end of this past season, Judge kind of complaining about it because they had such a bad year and he felt like they needed to kind of switch things up. Well, as Adam knows, we didn't really have analytics with the Orioles. I mean, I was still doing like, I don't even know what software we had on the computers. I was searching for, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be looking for Oregon AJ, Trail. Oregon Trail, yep. Oregon Trail, baby. All the left-handed pitchers against AJ or something, you know? And I'm sitting there with Darren O'Day eating my lunch, trying to like scroll the internet, basically. Um, so the Yankees had a lot. <laughs> and... I would I would say yeah the communication is just it's it's not a strength in the in the game today I feel like there's there's a lot of people in every single clubhouse kind of pulling different directions unfortunately and at the end of the day it's about getting results on the field so you want your front office you want your analytical department your players your coaches to all be giving the same message to players and um, I don't know every organization but I know with New York and referencing what Judge said, there was just there's just that disconnect there of good communication on kind of filtering out the noise of analytics. The truth is, it's numbers. You can manipulate them any way that you want. You know, whether you like a guy, you can make it you can make that guy look really good in some areas. If you don't like a guy, you can make him look really bad in some areas. Um, so I, I think the issue is just more so about communication. Uh, when it comes to it, and I, and I still think we're struggling with that in the game. Uh, obviously, a big story that's close to, I think, both to dear of us. You're going into the Orioles Hall of Fame one day. Me too. Is the the sale of the Orioles to the um, the Carlisle Group and Rubenstein, uh, and it's big news. Obviously, the Angelos family have owned the family have owned the team for 30 years. They beat out Audi's family back in uh, seven back in '93. <laughs> rich bastards um so, <laughs> <laughs> so um it's like you know when that news came like what was first emotions like me i'm like wow like we heard about it we've known about it we've talked about it with mr angelos if he passes things have to happen but like i think orioles fans are like seeing a difference like hmm and then 24 hours later they trade for corbin burns obviously that was still john and all these yeah. things but I think a jolt has happened into Baltimore after the AFC Championship game. They lost that, but one week later, like this is huge going into spring training. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I had heard uh, Rubenstein's name thrown out there a little bit with the Nationals, and I want to say maybe something with like the last CBA. You know, people were talking about you know 
whatever. It might have been with the A's moving teams and some teams getting sold or whatever. But I heard his name with the Nationals and then uh, seeing him tied to the Orioles or hearing it, um, I felt like it was a matter of time. I, I felt like the Orioles were going to were gonna sell. Um, I mean, look at that return on investment for the Angelos family, honestly. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you at this stage? Um, and I think with the fan, for the fans, you just look at the, the three guys that are headlining the, the group the new ownership group. I mean, you got three, you know, three billionaires up there. So I think the resources, I think fans would expect that you're going to get more resources uh, put towards the team and acquiring free agents. Um, I mean, that's to be seen, but I think it's a good day in Baltimore. Um, and, you know, with John Angelos, I've had a great relationship with him and Lou, my Same. whole career. They were, they were great to me, Peter, Georgia, that whole Angelos family treated me really well. And I have a lot of respect for them. And I think with um, John hiring Mike Elias and like revamping that whole farm system, they did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, and now with, like I said, with deeper pockets, um, I think there's going to be more expectation um, to field now some big free agents that maybe we, we didn't do when I was there and they hadn't done, you know, in a really long time. That's what I was going to ask about. When, when did the window close? After you guys lost, after you and Jonesy lost to my Royals in 14, when did the window close for the Orioles? Because we talk about the window being open right now for this unbelievable young talent in Baltimore. Are they too late? Yeah. You know, was last year the chance? Coming from your situation, when was that window closed? And did they did they go too late to try to get the free agents? Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, I thought 2015 was our moment after we got beaten the ALCS to really add some guys. Like, you know, we still had a couple more years into free agency. I think myself, Machado, um, guys like that. You know, we were around for a few more years uh, and we were more experienced. I think just adding another pitcher or maybe another bat here or there um, would have been huge. I think 2015 was the year where if we could have added some pieces that – uh, off season, we would have done well. And I don't even think we got the playoffs in 2015. And then obviously the wild card, but we got to the wild card in 2016, but I don't even think that was it. That was, that was like, we grinded to get to that wild card game. Um, in 2014, I mean, we were full speed ahead, great team, good off season acquisitions. I think 2015 honestly was the year for us. So going with this team. Yeah. I mean, last year, I just thought if they added a, another big pitcher and, and kind of slotted everyone else down in the rotation, it would have really helped them in the playoffs um, against those tough line, like the Rangers. I mean, that lineup was is tough, but um, they got these guys for a while, and these guys are talented. My brother is the AAA manager there in Norfolk, and he says, I mean, there's even more guys coming. So um, I think they're going to be good for a long time. But you said 15. Okay, so 15. Do you know how much money was spent that offseason in 15? <laughs> On the Orioles? The Orioles free agent market. <laughs> I sure shit, dude. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, is it going to be a goose egg probably? Because I was thinking the year before we got Nelson, right? $235 million. Well, that was Chris Davis. So, so, so hey, there's, hey, hey. there's, outside, there's outside, outside people. Out, That's what outside I mean. money? You guys right. needed yeah. a starting you're talking, the, you're talking about the offseason going into 15. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Not the offseason after 15 because CD – had a just unbelievable year going to free agency. I think it was 47 and 130. Right. You got to give him his money. So 
We signed right. guys, and then guys were arbitration. Machado's starting to make money. Britain is everybody's getting arbitration. Yeah. So that was the reason why we made money. We're talking about 14 going into 15 because those years, that's yeah. when we didn't get Nelson. We didn't get Marcakis, and I was sad. $2.25 million. That's what you guys spent it for. Four That's where we're talking yeah. about, big guy. Yeah. You know, adding the money like on, on Chris, like, I mean, he went off. I mean, yep. he was going to get that in free agency, right? Um, so what I was saying is adding to the team. I mean, you know, obviously payroll gets high because if guys are playing well, you know, arbitration, especially guys getting to Super 2, it's going gonna, it's gonna to skyrocket. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking adding some guys. And like Adam said, I mean, losing like Nick – who's a good leader, but steady as can be. Like you knew what you were going to get from him. And then, you know, Nelson, that was kind of like a one-year deal bounce back for him. Um, but either way, just adding another piece or two, I felt like that would have been our window to possibly be able to get a World Series. Because we were pretty close um, when you guys beat us in, um, in 2014. Well, in 14, Nelson Cruz had to sign a one-year deal because I was with him in Texas in 13. He was coming off steroid suspension Yeah, at the end of the year. So that was his bounce back year. I appreciate you guys not signing Marcakis. I got to play with him for two years in Atlanta. So thank you guys. Got to know him very well. Very happy that he didn't go back to Baltimore because he came to Atlanta, although we sucked and you guys were good. My my real question, though, is we have Buck Showalter coming on after you. you, Have you guys ever talked about the the wild card game in 16 where you didn't pitch and and did you say anything to him after the game? I know it's tough when you're in the heat of the moment, but, you know, they brought in Ubaldo and everyone crushed him for not bringing you in at the time. Have you guys ever discussed it? We haven't discussed it in depth at all. Um, and I didn't say anything after the game. Uh, the media just came right over to my locker. I knew Adam was upset. Uh, a few other guys like, had said something to me. Uh, like, they had seen me warming up, and they were like, hey, what was going on? I was like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm I was screaming there. at you. I'm just there. I'm just warming up. Like, I'm just Get like, wait for someone to put me in the game, you know? Uh, I think, and Adam can correct me if I'm wrong, We Buck always had this thing in spring training where we went to a movie theater. And he said, he addressed it before, like, we started getting hyped up for the next season. I don't exactly remember what he said, but he addressed it. And for me, I kind of was like, well, you know, whatever. I turned the page and was just focusing on, on the, the other season. But I, I had to answer a lot of questions i still do to this day but no we we haven't uh we haven't really got into it i'm sure he had his reasons i always respected buck and being very well prepared for like for the game rarely did i think he got caught off guard um and i i'm not so sure i mean you'd have to go into his mind but you know it would be fascinating to know man you guys got him up next yeah we're gonna i mean i'm gonna ask him now because it's just interesting we have you and that was one of the, you know, you followed by him. And that's one of the big things that people talked about. People still talk about it. Like, that's the reason now why, you know, a Josh Hader, why won't he throw four or five outs, right? Or now you see teams yeah. do it all the time, right? They bring their closer in in a tie game. Now they don't wait till on the road. They yeah. don't wait for the closing situation. So it's all be, basically because of that 2016 game. I mean, yeah. it just sucks. After I mean, that, you guys, was, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew because Miller you guys now, probably like, were the better out. team. Right. I mean, I think you guys are probably a better team than the Blue Jays were that year. It just happened that yeah. obviously Encarnacion hit the home run off of Baldo and sent you guys home. It's just it's just fascinating to me what he because I'm going to ask him. I just didn't know if you all had talked about it or not. No, no, we hadn't. I mean, Baldo had thrown really well, but I mean, 
to your point, it happened really quick. That and I can't remember. It's been it's been a long time, but I mean, it was like bam, bam, couple guys on. I remember. Uh, it was it was quick. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Adam. The only thing I remember was Toronto was nuts. They were throwing stuff on the field. You know, during the game, the the crowd was crazy. But for some reason, I could hear Adam yelling at me. You know, and, and you guys have been in those stadiums like that. You can't hear anything. It's just like a loud white noise for the most part. But I could hear Adam yelling at me, like, put yourself in the game. And I remember looking at Dom Chidi with his mustache, you know, and he's like, he's screaming like he's in the game. I don't know what's going on or whatever. I'm like, Dom, I've been warming up for like two innings. Like, I don't need to throw anymore. Like, he's like, are you ready? I'm like, I've been ready. Like, I'm just standing here because I don't need to throw anymore. But I can hear Adam yelling at me. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now. Like, what's happening? You know? But um, it was just a, it was weird. It happened super quick. Um, it was unfortunate because I, I was locked in. I was in like such a great place and we had just played the Blue Jays a bunch of tight games to get to that spot and handle them really well. So I think if, if we get past the Blue Jays, I think we felt like that was our most evenly matched team on paper. I think if we get past there, then obviously like it's like anything, right? You flip the coin. Like that could have been our year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. So. I faced you 10 times. I got one hit. It was an infield hit. It was a fucking rocket, right? Struck me out. You punched me out four times. Crash Ground ball game. rocket. Ground ball. I think it bounced off the plate. Now my speed, I beat it out. But, <laughs> but I punched out four times off you. I'm proud to say that. Uh, Adam was one for three. Kratz 0 for one. He said he broke your hand. I don't believe it. He never hit oh, the ball hard enough to break anything. Did. Really? Okay, so it was <laughs> okay. But okay, I'll let you I finish. I want to hear that too. I want to hear that too. But my my question is: in in fourteen, I was with the Red Sox. You were the closer, and I was like, "Man, how do you guys hit this guy?" And David Ortiz is the only guy I ever heard say this. He goes, "I just move way up in the box." He's like, "I sucked against him." And he goes, "I would move as far up in the box as like humanly possible, and I would get the ball before it sinks." So, did, is that the best advice for against a sinker baller? And then I want to hear the crowd story. Yeah. I, I think scooting up in the box, um, I guess the, the the fact that I had velocity helped a lot too because you can scoot up in the box, but then it gets on you kind of quick even though, you know, perceived velocity. I, didn't, I don't I have mean, a you high were throwing 100. Velocity. It like, wasn't whatever like you were throwing 80. Right. 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 But you know what? Um, funny, with the Astros, since uh, in New York we couldn't get past the Astros ever in the playoffs, so I feel like I played them for five straight years in the playoffs. Um it was like this thing. I could hear them yelling in the dugout, like, scoot up, like, get it before it breaks. And I was like, and I actually always did really well against them. And I literally just like, I'll just throw the ball in the dirt. You know, like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't need to get the play for me. Like, it's easier for me to throw it right in the ground. Um, and I just kind of went lower and lower. But it did, you know, when you made a mistake, it was in a better hitting position, I, I think, for those guys. So it was a strategy that I specifically noticed with the Astros in the playoffs. And then Kratz, you want to know how Kratz broke my hand? I really don't want to get into it, but you know, like, cause look at him. He's so happy. (laughs) Um, So it's like, and I blame myself. I blame myself. Me and Tommy Canely were supposed to go on the road to throw with the Yankees. And we're like, how much service time do I have? Like I'm on, I'm on the top of the sheet. I'm not traveling. So let's uh, – I remember Mike Harkey was like, yeah, Rivera, none of those guys ever traveled. Like, why don't you just stay here and we'll do a backfield game. Just get your work in. And when someone says just get your work in, like it's bound – something bad's going to happen. Um, and I think it was Kratz and Giancarlo Stanton 
were the two guys. I think so. And Stan hit like seven home runs off of Tommy Canely. I think he might have hit a a 300-mile-an-hour homer off my slider. And then I'm messing around, feeling really good about myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw this sinker inside the craft. And I'm not sure if I told him I was going to do it, but I feel like I might have motioned. I did not. So I'm like, I'm going to mess around. And I just threw this piece of crap, no spin. I don't even know what it was. (laughs) And he hit it so hard off of my right wrist. And, uh, and, and he broke it. He broke it. And then COVID happened. So it didn't matter because it healed, you know, uh, no one, like, I probably saved you from getting a release, Chris, because you probably you know, saved <laughs> COVID uh, happened and no one cared because they were worried about COVID. And I was like, dad, good, because my wrist is broken. I'm going to need three weeks, four weeks to get this thing, uh, back on track. But yeah, I was, it's because I was just going through the motions and Chris is like, I'm here to win a job. And freaking murdered this sinker, um, right? I mean, Marcus was, Marcus Thames was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" I think he killed him. I like was, sprinted to the outfield. It hurt so bad. Did. I just took off sprinting to center field. It hurt so bad. It was one fourteen off the bat, <sighs> and it made it so fast to your wrist, and you ran into left field, and there was an absolute. It was empty stadium, Steinbrenner oh, Field yeah. or Legends Field. And somebody dropped the loudest F-bomb ever. And my son was sitting in the dugout watching. And he ran. He ran to the he ran to the bullpen because he's like, something bad's gonna happen. All I'm thinking, <laughs> all I'm thinking is I'm gonna get released. And I go to they they call me out of the dug, they call me out of the uh, clubhouse and they're like, they're like, the media wants to talk to you about this. And I was like, <laughs> I really don't do. know what happened. Like I was like, you might have to ask him. Like, I think it hit his glove, knowing that it, knowing that it just destroyed your wrist. I was like, Ugh. you know, it's his glove hand. And then they go, and then they go, well, what do you think is going to happen with this whole COVID thing? And I'm like, I got no idea. And it was a non-story, <laughs> nothing. That's right. The next day, because the team was in Jupiter, the next day, season got banged and came back from COVID. We were in the in the alt site, or not the alt site, in the Yankee Stadium. You go. Bro, my wrist was broken. I can't yeah. believe that. It was funny because I was driving in the ops. You know, we were home for COVID. I was driving with my right my right hand, and it, like, just gave out the wrist. And I called Mike Shuck, the head trainer of the Yankees. I was like, hey, I'm pretty sure this is busted. And, and you know, we're on, it's COVID. So it, it doesn't it, – it, like, no one cares, basically. Uh, and they're like, whatever. You might have the whole season off the heel. <laughs> but it was unbelievable. It just like go anytime I tried to be like pull the service time thing and be like, oh, I'm not traveling. Karma. Something bad always happened. And so I just like bit the bullet from there and on out. And I went anywhere. I'm like, I'll I'll travel across the state of Florida because I know if I stay here, I'm probably gonna get a line drive off my forehead, off like something. Something bad's gonna happen. I had a story and a, and a question for you. So the story is, I remember we are in Anaheim, and you remember this too, where you just you keep throwing your damn fastball over and over and over again. It's nasty. We get it. It's filthy. But you keep throwing over and over and over, and somebody walks you off in Anaheim, a little just punching Judy too. God, real guy. I come in there, cussed you out politely, and said, hey, bro, just throw a curveball here and there, just like next in one. Next day, you get, obviously, you get the opportunity. You got the funny run with the short arms and the short hands. And you throw three curveballs, bounce all three. They swing at all three. You have a one, two, three inning. It was one of the easiest. I, after the game, I just look at you when we were in the lineup, and I'm just like, 
just throw the curveball every once in a while. You went from 99% fastball to 97% fastball. <laughs> you just going to start to throw a curveball just a tick more. With the Yankees, you went and started to throw a lot more sliders. I mean, I'm sure that was due to the analyticals. Um, but my question is, your, your sinker was so superior for so long. Where would you rank it up in terms of Mariano's cutter? Trevor Hoffman's changeup, Pedro's curveball changeup, Randy's slider, Kershaw's curveball. Where would you rank it up in terms of a single individual dominant pitch? I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, those guys are just like the longevity of it, right? Yeah, like especially Mo. Even though Mo did add a two seam a little later on in his career, I talked to him a little bit about that, but still, I, I mean, I don't think anybody can touch. Mo and his longevity and success with the cutter, but um, yeah, I, I think in the the years that I had with that sinker, I mean, it, it probably the tier below Mo, honestly. Um, you know, when it was on, it's just I unfortunately, I, yeah, I didn't play as long as he did, um, but maybe you know I'm hyping it up too much, but I would think the below Mo, I, I'm not sure anybody can touch Rivera's cutter in the six like the longevity of the success there and yeah the slider the slider was the yankees were like man you need to throw this like 40 percent of the time i was like guys it's gonna suck it's gonna get smoked if i throw up 40 percent of the time like it's good because no one's looking for it you know <laughs> and like it's the truth i threw some i used to watch videos and i'd be like man that was a spinner right down the middle and the guy swung and missed at it and they would just like throw their hands up like what what the heck like that was my shot um so the slider just became a, a better weapon because I was throwing the sinker 98% of the time or whatever it was. All right, Zach, I got two fan questions for you before you go. One should be like a one-word answer, basically. Dan said, can you ask Zach if he's better at Warzone than Tommy Canley? No. No? Not even okay. a question. I mean, Tommy <laughs> Tommy shows up here with the freaking gamer yeah. headset Tommy's on crazy. and Tommy's on. Tommy's he's, crazy. He's, he's crazy, and, and he's pretty competitive. Um, and then lastly, here from Jacob, he said, what's your personal opinion on the Yankees' facial hair policy? Uh, it didn't bother me. You know, it's whatever the family wants to do. <laughs> that own, They own the team. They can do whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. I, I don't <laughs> mind shaving. Half the time, I hate having the beer. Like, I'm just as uncomfortable with a beer than I was shaving. But uh, it doesn't bother me either way. Okay, fair. Thanks, that was man. easy. Yeah. All right, Zach, before we let you go, we got Buck waiting. Uh, I just want to confirm, you're pissed and haven't slept since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't in that life, right? That's what you uh, said before, before you could hear? I think that's what Adam said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely what Adam said. Adam still hasn't slept since then. And Adam has to do this interview. That's right. Adam's got to stay. Yeah, I'm out. Like you. I'm okay. <laughs> Zach, we appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Good to see you, man. And uh, enjoy uh, retirement life and fam life and all that. And you're welcome back, obviously, anytime. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you, brother. Thank you. Good to see all you. Right, Zach Brayton with us on FT Live. Good stuff.